0: With everything going on right now, you want to make sure your money is safe. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Now, in 15 minutes, you are going to know if you have sufficient protection and you should not worry or whether or not making a few tweaks could really save you big time in the long run. So that is what we're gonna be talking about today. Now, please know there are plenty of known risks when you invest, inflation, deflation, recessions, rising and falling interest rates and bear markets and all of these things. That's not what I'm talking about today. Today, I'm talking about the safety of when you put your money in a bank or with a custodian to hold your investment assets. How safe are those assets? That is what I'm talking about today. I am your host, Ari Taublieb. If the show has been helpful, I kindly ask that you take a few moments and leave a review. That helps more people find the show and helps more people have confidence when it comes to an early retirement. If you are new to the show, welcome. I hope this content is valuable for you. So when we're looking at what's the right amount of insurance to have when it comes to FDIC insurance and SIPC insurance and all of these things that you've probably heard of but not really taken a full deep dive on, I'm gonna save you the hours of research in this quick episode to tell you exactly what you need to know when it comes to the real risks of the safety of your money. Now I'd like to start with a very basic example and then if you've been listening to the show for some time now, you know that I like to connect it at the end. I think examples and stories are the best way for things to resonate. So this overly simplistic example right now, I promise is going to connect to the overall message and theme of the episode, which is we all have decisions when it comes to risk tolerance and what that means. But there's a term that a lot of people don't talk about. You probably have heard of risk tolerance, which is what allows you to sleep at night? For example, let's assume I come back and I tell you, you know, to reach your goals, you need a 90-10 asset allocation. So 90% equities, 10% fixed income. Well, if I were to tell you that, you might go, Ari, I know that's what the finances show that I need, but I'm uncomfortable with that. And that causes me to lose sleep. And so on a risk tolerance scale, you're going, Ari, I'd be uncomfortable with that. What I'm explaining is risk capacity. So not tolerance, but risk capacity is saying, what if Financially needs to occur so that you can reach your goals, but that doesn't mean that you're going to do it. That's where the tolerance comes in. You go got it. If I want to reach my goals, here's what I need to do. But you always have options. There's trade-offs. You could work more, so you could work longer, you could spend less, you could say, you know what, instead, I'm gonna do some part-time income. There's always trade-offs, and that connects to your risk tolerance and capacity. Now, to bring it back to today's episode, when you walk outside, there's a risk. You could get hit by a car, which I promise not. Not to, to sound dark there but um, and hopefully none of you are are driving listening to that please pay, pay attention to the road but when you do walk outside there's a risk of course now on the flip side on the financial realm there's a risk by not investing there's a risk by not going to work and making money the risk is that you're not able to afford. Lifestyle, And so when we look at any decision, we have to make sure we're understanding, okay, what's the real risk? Because a lot of people come to me and go, Ari, I'm about to retire. I want to make sure my assets are safe. I don't need that money. In fact, I'm uncomfortable seeing that money go down because I'm going to retire and I need that. And I say, you're absolutely right. And if you were to do exactly what you're talking about, you're going to be just fine for the first 5, 10, 15 years. It's the latter 5, 10, 15 years that you're going to go, oh my gosh, I wish I had done X, Y, or Z to put myself in a better position. So there's always a risk. Now, when people invest, the real risk is if you don't invest at all, you're guaranteed to lose out to inflation. So to me, it's not really a risk because I can guarantee a loss over here versus over here. If I invest well, yes, I'll go through fluctuations, but long term, I can be more than okay. In fact, that's my best chance to be more than okay. So A very basic example, but now I'm going to bring it back to when we're thinking about what's the right amount of coverage, how do we think about this. So FDIC insurance and SIPC insurance, they are both U.S. government organizations designed to protect consumers if a financial institution fails. And so I promise I'm going to go over that in plain English, but essentially think FDIC with your bank, SIPC, that's with a brokerage firm. So all brokerage firms that are registered with the SEC and with FINRA are required to provide this protection. Now SIPC insurance provides up to $500,000 and FDIC insurance, so with your cash at your bank account, that's $250,000. Now, if you've been following the news lately and you've been seeing Silicon Valley Bank and all of these other banks and things that are happening there, What you're going to want to probably think through, and I imagine this is why you're tuning into this episode and maybe this podcast, is, okay, all right, I've worked hard. I've saved well. I've invested well. I want to make sure that I'm protecting myself. So what's the best defense here? When we talk about offense, I'm talking about investments. I'm talking about tax savings and strategies that can feel fun and sexy. What I'm talking about today, this is the defense. This is the insurance. This is the protection to make sure you retire and don't go, oh my gosh, I, I had too much in one account and I didn't account for this other thing. So some people, when it comes to FDIC insurance, they might feel more comfortable spreading their cash around. And that's not a bad thing. And really, here's what you need to think about when it comes to FDIC insurance. If you have more than 250000 just sitting in cash, I would say, yeah, let's either have a conversation, assuming this is a client of mine, or work through what is the right amount that allows you to have peace of mind. Now, the peace of mind, that's not a financial number as you can probably imagine. So that $250,000, that's the amount of coverage that you have when it's with that bank. So if you want to have cash at another bank, you'll get an additional $250,000. I just want to make sure you have proper protection. So for most of my clients, they're not sitting just on $250,000 of just cash. Normally there's 100000 or 200000 and maybe that's set aside for the first few years of retirement, or maybe it's far less than that because we have a portfolio that shows they can be more than okay. So when we're looking specifically at what's the right amount of coverage, how do we think through this? If you have less than $250,000 at your bank account, don't worry. Not in the sense of not not nothing could happen. Of course, anything could happen. But the peace of mind in in, in terms of if you are not able to get the coverage, um, if you were to never receive those funds again, we have a lot bigger problems going on. And I do have faith that the Treasury and the Fed and there's other regulators, they're smart enough to know it would be really foolish to let the whole financial system blow up. Now, I never say never because we just don't know. But at that point, there's a lot bigger problems going on. So if you have less than two, $250,000 $250,000 at your bank account and it's FDIC insured, this is your permission, permission Excuse me to please not worry. Now, if you have more than that, that's when you want to be a little bit more thoughtful and go, where should I park this the, these funds to make sure I have proper protection? Now, SIPC insurance, that's with investment accounts. So that's with a brokerage firm. And here's the first distinction I like to make. I'm going to use an example of TD Ameritrade. And when you have your money at a bank... Banks don't actually keep customer deposits separate, meaning if you go ahead and put your money in the bank, they're keeping track of what you put in, but they don't keep your funds separate from everyone else's deposits. So they go ahead and they add your deposit to the general assets of the bank, and that gets reinvested into mortgages or government bonds or just other assets. So when the bank's investment assets decline in value, while people are simultaneously trying to redeem their deposits... Well, that's an issue because there aren't enough assets to redeem the withdrawal demands. So banks are only required to keep 10% of their clients' deposits in cash. That is different, and that's why I'm bringing this up from an investment custodian. For example... TD Ameritrade. They cannot and do not treat your assets as if they're part of the general assets. Your assets are essentially held in what's called a virtual lockbox. So even if TD Ameritrade or Altruist or Fidelity were to go bankrupt, your assets would be held separately and not subject to the general creditors of the firm. So now I'm going to go over this, I promise, in plain English, which is TD Ameritrade does have FDIC and SIPC insurance that provides basic protection of both cash and investment balances. Those limits, once again, for individuals, $250,000 and $500,000 for joint. However, and this is the big however that I tell everyone, and, and probably the biggest takeaway here, to ensure clients are fully protected, custodians like TD Ameritrade or Altruist or Fidelity, they have an additional insurance policy that covers, for example, with TD Ameritrade, 149.5 million for securities and an additional two million for cash. So that's above and beyond the FDIC or SIPC that's just held by TD Ameritrade. So we make sure that all of the custodians that, that I personally work with, they have that insurance coverage that's in case of fraud or really anything, you wanna make sure your investment assets would fall under those thresholds of protection so that no matter what's happening, you do not have to go, okay, if I'm above 500,000, imagine a lot of you are thinking this right now. You're above 500,000, are your assets safe at your investment account? It's make sure that they have this proper coverage. And that's what we always want to make sure is in place. So those are a few logistical things. Now I'm going to bring it back high level, which is no one really worries when, when they have money in the bank. Well, let me, let me take a step back there. Of course, people worry because naturally they see things like Silicon Valley Bank and other events like that go on and go, okay, am I okay? Um, and while there are certainly concerns there, that 250000 of FDIC insurance, most people don't have that much just in cash from history of me being an advisor. I can tell you right now that I just have only seen that a handful of times, in which case I did recommend diversifying it further. But more often than not, it's people are sitting on cash wondering what should I do with it? How should I best deploy it? So when there are plenty of people who are going, okay, what makes most sense? And these custodians and assets and protection, the, the overview I just went through, that should give you the peace of mind that you are okay. And for any of my clients listening, I wouldn't recommend anything if I knew you didn't have that proper coverage in place and that you wouldn't have that with any of your assets. So the financial industry, they like to quantify risk through measures such as standard deviation or tracking error or alpha or some risk-adjusted return, some of these phrases that you may have heard, um, some of which you may not have heard, but most people don't care about that. They're caring about, okay, what are the the real risks, which is, am I going to be okay? Do I have enough money saved? Will I outlive my money in retirement? Um, can I reach my financial goals? R- really, it's, is my money safe? That's what you want to know. And so today was a short episode, but going over how much protection do you have, how much do you need, what is suitable that allows you to go, you know what, I'm doing everything I possibly can, and so it's asking, okay, do I have cash? Is it above 250,000? Should I diversify that further? Are there other documents I need to go look at? Do I have SIPC insurance coverage that's sufficient for my brokerage accounts, for my assets there? Now, there are a whole lot more, there's a whole lot when it comes to this and there's more that i could dive into of course but when it comes to safety and protection i'm intentionally leaving off a lot in here because if i were to just include all of the the different research and things i've seen i think you would come away a little bit more overwhelmed than actually going okay i do feel the peace of mind and just to to really break it down simple here so you don't have to, to go do all this research and you can go yes i have what i need if you have over 250000 in cash, yes, that's when we start considering, should we diversify it further? And most people will go, let me open a new bank account, and I'm the first to go, well, what's the really best use of those dollars? As opposed to just doing that, should you have a little bit more in fixed income to provide income? Should you have a little bit more in equities? So really, that 250000 if you're sitting on excess of that, for most people, they are first thought is, should I go open another bank account? And my first piece of feedback is, what's the plan with those dollars? If you're just waiting to deploy them, work through with an advisor or, or some other planner to go, okay, what's the best strategy for these funds? Because more often than not, you don't need 250000 just sitting there, and it could be gaining a whole lot more interest for you. Now, that's just, you know that. When it comes to the SIPC insurance, that $500,000 for joint accounts, that's more often than not um, low Lower than your investment balance, meaning 500000 dollars that's the protection. Maybe you have $2 million, and you're thinking, okay, am I do I not have protection on, on that, you know, that difference there? That's where I'd come back to you and go, most of these big firms, TD Ameritrade, Altruist, there's additional coverage for securities and cash that you do not see that that custodian has purchased that is giving you the proper protection in case of fraud or anything like that so i want you to know it's not hey if you don't have you know if you are indeed above that five hundred thousand, more often than not i would put um you would be okay that's what i want you to know with that so i get these questions a lot and just want to kind of straight the the record out here when it comes to all these different moving pieces it can be overwhelming but going back to those big points am i going to be okay Do I have enough money saved? Will I outlive my money in retirement? I have plenty of episodes talking about the financial aspects of it. This is really that episode of peace of mind, making sure that you have the protection you need. So that's it. I'll say on that for today, FDIC, SIPC insurance, why are they in place and how do you make sure that you have protection that allows you to sleep well at night? So that's all for today's episode. If this was helpful, please do rate at five stars and I kindly ask that you leave a review if it has been helpful, if really any of these episodes have been helpful. I make episodes on different topics, of course, so that you can scroll through and go, okay, this resonates with me. Okay, this doesn't resonate with me what makes most sense here. And I hope it's helpful. So once again, thank you so much. And if you are looking for a custom strategy, that is of course what I do. I help people retire early and I love doing it. So that is it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of the early retirement show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website, Consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.